Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, welcome to the latest edition of the Blatant Homers and Podcast, part of Sooner Sports Radio on the Vsporto Network. A uh, few weeks left in the college basketball season. The Big 12 is coming up on a uh, what could be a pretty exciting finish. So uh, I've uh, asked our friend Wendell Barnhouse of the uh, the Fieldhouse part of uh, the Athletic. And uh, also, he does a column for the Open Man to join us to talk a little bit about uh, the stretch run here for uh, Big 12 Hoops. So let's go ahead and welcome him on. Wendell, how are you doing? Doing well. Yeah, it's uh, it's coming down to the uh, last couple of weeks, as you said, and uh, who knows what's going to happen. It's uh, Every day is a little bit different. Every game is a little basically a surprise in the Big 12 this year. Yeah, and we're recording this on uh, Tuesday, February 13th. We've got a, a big one uh, tonight coming up between uh, Texas Tech and Oklahoma. But I want to start off just maybe recapping a couple big games that uh, happened uh, in the last couple days here. Uh, you know, one uh, team that is going to confound everybody, I think, and it, it, this has been uh, the case, I think, since uh, Scott Drew got to Waco, and that's yep. the Baylor Bears. Uh, got a, you know a big win against Kansas over the weekend, and then uh, also uh, last night went to Austin and uh, beat the Longhorns. It seems like this team is kind of surging at the moment, but we've also seen plenty out of Baylor in the past to make us think that uh, a lot of times with the Bears it's a mirage. Where where do we, where does this team stand? Well, yeah, I think this is uh, you know I think uh, maybe a month ago people had kind of given up on Baylor. Um, their season's been a little bit uh, wacky. Uh, T.J. Masson, one of their best low-post scorers, in addition to uh, Joe Oak, uh, the, the other big seven-footer they've got. Um, he was hurt for a while, broke his hand, was out of the lineup, and Baylor just was kind of out of sync. And they really surged lately when they made another lineup change. They've been starting Jake Lindsey, a junior at the point guard, basically, to run the offense, and that means Manu LeCompte can play off the ball. And LeCompte's been playing really well, uh, it really gives Baylor two point guards on the floor at the same time. And now they've got everybody else back and healthy. They've got Bastion and King McClure, who started earlier in the season, uh, coming off the bench. So they've got experience now coming off the bench. And, you know, they're always going to be long and athletic. They're tough to score against because they play that zone that uh, it just makes it difficult for teams to, you know, to get an offensive flow going. And they're looking like a team that – you know, could get in the NCAA tournament when a lot of people have kind of written them off. So, uh, you know, again, Drew gets a lot of criticism from people uh, or has in the past. I don't know why anybody can criticize the guy now because they're here, they're good. And, um, you know, they've went through some uh, problems as far as dealing with injuries. And now they've kind of got through that. They've got a healthy team and everybody seems to know their role. And they're on a roll. Yeah, they they really are. They really are. Um, you know, uh, the other side though. Last night, Texas. Uh, here's a team. The Longhorns are uh, you know five and eight at this point in Big Twelve play. Uh, Fifteen and eleven overall. And you know you know they have a few good wins. Uh, probably a solid strength of schedule. But 
you know, it just feels like ever since Shaka Smart got there, this team should be a lot better than it is. Am I am I off there? Well, I don't uh, probably not, but I mean, uh, it's one of those deals where you either have reasons or you have excuses. I know a lot of people in Texas, uh, a lot of a lot of Longhorn fans that are happy. Um, and in fact, I um, wrote something for the Open Man, the, the top to my notes column that's going to get posted today was basically talking about how I mean, Shaka Smart right now is at 500 in two plus years. There, he's 46 and 46 as far as his overall record. Um, you know, they got to the tournament his first year, lost in the first round. Um, you know, they've had kind of bad luck. I mean, basically their leading scorer has either been injured or, or suspended every year he's been there. You know, I think this team um, losing Andrew Jones, who's obviously battling leukemia, w- w- was a, you know, that was the one guy they really probably couldn't afford to lose yeah. offensively because he was their best three-point shooter. Uh, he was their, at the time, his second leading scorer. I think by now he might be the leading scorer if he was still playing. You know, and also I think that's taken a mental toll on this team. I think early early on, I think they were kind of playing for, for Jones. But that's, that sort of emotion wears out in the Big 12 when every game is a, is a battle. And, um, you know, it really looked like they, you know, had a significant win when they knocked off, knocked off Oklahoma um, a week ago Saturday. And since then, they've lost three in a row, two of them at home. And, um, you know, I think it was really – um, the thing that really got people upset was, you know, they went to TCU on Saturday and TCU just blew them out. Yeah. And Texas is a good defensive team, but they couldn't stop TCU, which is a good offensive team, but it just seemed like they, they just didn't have it. Last night's um, loss was a real, you know, it was a real gut punch because uh, double overtime loss, um, home game, uh, you know they, you know they had a situation where your technical foul set basically their best free throw shooter to the line. He misses two. They still score on the possession, but you know when the game goes to overtime, those two points ended up being huge. Um, it just doesn't seem like this team has any luck now. The reasons they're starting three freshmen, and even though one of those freshmen is Mbamba, um, he can't do it all. Last year they didn't have a point guard, Matt Coleman. Another freshman, four-star recruit. He's playing like a freshman. He's up and down. He had a great game against Oklahoma. But being a freshman point guard in this league, if your name's not Trey Young, uh, it's a it's really tough because every game is is just hard to handle as a point guard. And let's let's move on to Trey Young in Oklahoma. This is yeah. a team that is uh, sliding at this point. You know, uh, the record is six and six in the Big Twelve. They've got one tonight. With uh, Texas Tech, um, you know, it, it, watching Oklahoma, I, I, you know, two things really stand out to me. Um, first one being that this team does not defend well at all. Right. Uh, yeah. The second one being that uh, it feels like now that teams have seen Trey Young, they, they've made adjustments, and uh, Young has either Young either Young hasn't done a good enough job of getting his teammates involved or. You know his teammates just don't necessarily have uh you know much firepower to uh to kind of step in there and uh, shoulder some of the load. Yeah, it, it's it's just an inconsistent and kind of streaky team. I mean, you know, I I did some stats after ten games. You know, Brady Manick, the other freshman, um, 
is in you know, the first 10 games in conference play, his home and road differences were just tremendous. I mean, I think he was averaging about 16 at home, maybe about six or seven at home or six or seven on the road and was struggling to, to, you know, be very accurate shooting on the road, but was an accurate shooter at home. And you're right. I think defensively, you know, they lead the nation in scoring, but that that's, you know, that's just really hard to have to rely on that, you know, all the time. I mean, Saturday at Ames, um, you know, Iowa State is particularly at home uh, is a dangerous team, and they're probably the most schizophrenic team in the country because they lose a game and they look terrible. And then if they're home the next game, they usually look great. And I think they've knocked off, you know, they've beaten Tech and Oklahoma at home after, you know, losing a game and bouncing back. Um, so, I mean, you know, Oklahoma, you know, just can't rely on Young and, it's, and the offense. And, I mean, you know, there have been some disappointments. I mean, Christian James is kind of up and down. Odoms sometimes has a pretty good offensive game, and other times he just kind of disappears. Um, and, yeah, I think that, you know, I mean, I sort of wrote this earlier in the year. I did a, a story on Trey Young, you know, before conference play for the field house and just, you know, kind of mentioned, well, you know, he's done really well so far, but – you know, 18 Big 12 games when you're going up against coaches like, you know, Self and Huggins, and, you know, and particularly against a bunch of veteran point guards. Uh, I mean, you look at some of the senior point guards in the conference, there's some pretty good players, obviously. And I mean, these coaches know what the heck they're doing. And, you know, you see, you get, you know, 20 games of film, you figure out, okay, this is what we have to take away. Now, it, Young has adjusted somewhat. You know, and I think it's kind of interesting after he got kind of criticized for those 39 shots in the game at Oklahoma State. Um, you know, he, he obviously dialed it back in the game against Kansas as far as shooting, but he he's really not attempted that many shots, particularly as many threes, I think. And, you know, it's almost like, OK, well, everybody's criticizing my, you know, being a gunner. I'm going to try to do other things, which is great uh, and obviously worked against Kansas. But. You know, it's like, um, you know, the other guys have to help out and they're just not doing it. And I mean, one, one guy, uh, I mean, even if he was a senior, one guy averaging 30 and 10 is not going to win. With it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, uh, Christian James, I think, is around 12 points. Manic, you know, is around 11 per game. But, uh you know, the one guy, you know, uh, Doolittle, you know, has just, yep. I think they expected him to come back and, and yep. contribute, and they just haven't really gotten anything out of him. They're, they're a thin team, and, you know, when you're giving up 82 points a game, that's going to be rough. Yeah. Well, and like I said, you know, the Doolittle thing is a good point. I mean, last year he was one of their better players, and <clears throat> I think everybody, including us in the media, we get a little bit... Um, uh, we just assume, oh, well, they're getting this guy back. They're going to plug him in and they're going to be better. You know, it's kind of the same thing at West Virginia. They had Issa Ahmad missed, I think, the first 16 games of the season. And West Virginia was number two uh, in the country. And he came, he was coming back and said, oh, wow, they're going to plug this guy in. Well, they went into a slump where I think it was a deal. It, you know, now they're playing much better and they're shooting much better. I think it was a deal where – it's like, okay, this guy has played with us before, but he's been out this season. He hasn't been playing with these guys. You know, there's an adjustment period of trying to figure things out. And I think Doolittle missing the first part of the season in Oklahoma with Young being out there um, doing all those things, I think everybody else on the team figured out how to play 
with Trey Young, but I Doolittle didn't really get that chance, and I just don't think he's really been able to get into the flow uh, and kind of figure out what his role is going to be. And you know, you and you mentioned defense, and that's the thing. I mean, it's almost like I think they kind of fall into the thing of oh, well, we're going to score enough points. You know, they, I would, these guys score in that position. Oh, no big deal. You know, the Big Twelve, you pretty much have to lock down on. If you're not locked down defensively on 95% of the possessions, then really thinking, look, we have to get a stop here. Now, you may not, but you have to have that attitude. And I just don't see Oklahoma, for whatever reason, and it's probably driving a lot of Kruger nuts, Mm. that they just don't get locked in. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a lot of work left to do here. They could uh, get a big one tonight with uh, visiting Texas Tech. Yep. Um, You know, the Red Raiders, uh, they're game up in the standings, uh, you know, on Kansas. And I, I think, you know, if you if you ask me who the best team in the Big 12 is, I still might pick Kansas just because of, you know, the guy on the sidelines there uh, and Bill Self. But Texas Tech is an awfully good team uh, led by a really good player in Keenan Evans. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, uh, you know, one of those senior point guards I was talking about. He's, he's been there four years. He's kind of been through the wars. He was recruited by Tubby Smith. So, uh, you know, and Tubby Smith is a good coach and did a nice job with that program in the three years he was there. And he got the benefit of working with Tubby Smith. And then Chris Beard comes in. And um, I was fortunate enough a couple weeks ago, went out to Lubbock to do a story for the uh, field house on Texas Tech. And, you know, they've got uh, – Beard has a really great and big staff. He has a lot of – consultant Sean Sutton, the former Oklahoma State coach, is just kind of a consigliere kind of guy. He's just there mm-hmm. to kind of give advice. He's not an official assistant, um, but he's there to kind of uh, bounce ideas off of. And, you know, they, they, they're prepared very well. They play excellent defense. Uh, they're kind of the opposite of Oklahoma in the fact that, you know, they lock down on every possession. They're, you know, Really tough-minded. They've got seniors. Um, the, the one key, I think, going forward for this team to really make a deep run in the tournament is Zach Smith. He's a 6'8 forward who has been out with <clears throat> a broken foot. You know, hopefully, he's going to come back. Uh, if he comes back, he's a very athletic player, and assuming that he can still be athletic uh, coming off that broken foot, he gives them another guy up front. Right now, to me, one of their eight, not a major weakness, but they're not really deep up front. Uh, yeah. They've got tremendous wing players. Um, they've got a good mix with two freshman players that have just been playing lights out. And um, it's it's just kind of an interesting mix of guys that they've got. And Beard is just a, he's got a history in his career of you know taking a diverse group of guys, you know, freshmen, seniors, transfers, and whatever, and putting them together and making them a cohesive unit and um you know yeah i I think that you know they're obviously in the best shape uh right now in the conference uh they get kansas at home a week from this saturday you know kansas has got a game at iowa state tonight um which again that's a very dangerous game i mean that's going to be a holy war it always is for the iowa state team and um you know, I think Kansas will bounce back after playing poorly at Baylor on Saturday. They didn't shoot the ball well at all. Um, if they're in a, the last three games, their opponents are shooting like 56% from three-point range, and they're shooting like 28%. Uh, 
And that's going to get anybody beat. But particularly for Kansas, um, you know, they don't have a lot of depth. Uh, I think they're, you know, playing the four guards has worn out those four guards. They've got to defend, they got to rebound, and they got to score. And, uh, you know, I said early, the last three years I've written something for, for various websites that this is the year Kansas is not going to win the Big 12. Um, I might be right this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. two years I haven't been right. But, you know, this team is thinner. You know, I think the thing was, you know, last year they basically had one, they played one post player and four perimeter guys. But I think, it, and so, so, well, that's what they're doing this year. Well, one of those perimeter guys last year was Josh Jackson who obviously was a top five NBA pick, but he was a, an X factor with his defense and his rebound being six, eight. Uh, he was a different kind of perimeter player that Kansas does not have this year. And to me, that's probably the biggest difference last year, this year. So yeah, Kansas has its work cut out for them. I think the best they can hope for is, is sharing the title. That's probably the best they can hope for because I, I can't see Texas Tech losing too many more games. Yeah, yeah, that uh, is going to be an interesting uh, finish there for them. So um, I, I guess, you know, the now the question that always gets asked this time of year, I mean, how many of these teams are going to be in the NCAA tournament when all is said and done? Well, I, you know, I think I think seven's probably the, the magic number. And that's kind of where they've been at the last couple of years. Um, you know, right now, if you look at it, you, you got to say that, um, you know, the top five in the standings right now, that would be Texas Tech, Kansas, West Virginia, Kansas State, which, yeah, they're kind of in the bubble, but they're, you know, at least in the top half of the uh, conference in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, most people think if you can finish eight and 10 in this league, you got a pretty good chance of getting in. So that's kind of what everybody's shooting for. I mean, now Baylor is only two wins away from that. Um, you know, looking at the, the the seventh team, you know, it would be out of Oklahoma State, TCU, and Texas. Texas has five games left, and they're very challenging. Three of them are on the road. I don't know if they can win three more games. Uh, TCU, their schedule is a little bit more forgiving right now. Um, I think they can at least get the three wins. Uh, Oklahoma State, you know, they're really I, I I don't know if they get to eight and ten that might not be good enough um, I think a lot of these teams uh, the the sixth and seventh candidate is going to go to Kansas City for the tournament thinking you know winning at least one game is a must and maybe two games uh, to to maybe make sure you get in so. Um, you know, I think seven. I know a lot of the coaches think eight, but I, the, the problem with that is, is that everybody's going to beat everybody else up. Yeah. And you, you know, so you, you know, you can't. You know, uh, the fact that Texas Tech won six in a row to me is really amazing in, in this conference. And you know, frankly, the game they won in overtime against Texas at home, that was a gift. And to me, that was one of those karma things that I look at and say. That's why Texas Tech will probably win this league because that was a game they probably shouldn't have lost. Matt Coleman went to the line to shoot three free throws with a four-point lead and missed all three. I mean, Texas could have been up six, seven points, and that you know they could have won that game. Instead, Texas Tech ends up winning it over time. You know, that's a huge swing right there. And so, you know, I just, you know, um, 
there's not enough wins left for some of these teams to be able to, you know, um, to get in, to make a run to get in the tournament. So um, I think seven is probably the magic number. And then I guess looking at it, you know, people talk about the difference between, you know, I mean, necessarily a great regular season team and maybe a tournament yep. team. I, I, what what team, when it comes to the NCAA tournament out of this group, do you think is maybe uh, best prepared to make a deep run? That's a great question. I, You know, uh, one of the things that's kind of um, – I wrote something for Basketball Times that's going to come out in the next – their monthly publication, and they'll come out um, later this month about the whole debate or, or whether or not the Big 12 is really the best conference in the country. And, you know, I think they can say, well, RPI and Ken Palm and all that kind of stuff – that they are, and you look competitively, there's no conference in the country where there's, you know, a five, you know, there's only a five game difference between first place and last place in the standings, and there's no other Power Five conference, no other conference in Division One where all the teams have an overall winning record. And it's like, okay, you know, that's a nice little trophy. It's a little ribbon you can take home, but it doesn't really mean much. And I don't know if there's a team. I would be. I would not be that surprised if maybe if the Big Twelve gets seven in, that maybe they only get one or two to the second weekend. Mm-hmm. They, if the matchups fall correctly, you know maybe they could, you know, get five teams to the regional semifinals. If West Virginia keeps playing offensively like they have lately, I mean they're a team that you know that I thought look their half court offense really struggles, they struggle to make shots if that press isn't producing points and if they're not getting second chance opportunities off offensive rebounds, they got trouble breaking 50 in a lot of nights. The last few games, they've been shooting over 50% from the field, they've been scoring pretty well. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Isa Ahmad, he seems to fit back into the rotation a little bit better. They seem to have kind of settled on uh, guys who can, play in the right spots. I think they're starting to maybe figure out a little bit better you know, how to run their half-court offense and who should take the shots at the right time, etc. So I think West Virginia maybe has the best ingredients as far as you, if you look at their roster. There really aren't any holes. They've got Kanadi in the middle to block shots. He's got a nice block-up player behind him. They've got pretty good depth in the backcourt. They've got some tall wing players. You know, it, it, it just comes down to them being able to, to score. And, you know, if they can do that, I think they can make some noise in March. Um, and I just don't see, you know, Kansas, you know, you, you think that maybe they could make uh, be a team to make a run, but that depth is just going to be something I think is really going to be difficult for them. And if Texas Tech gets Zach Smith back and they've got their full roster, I think they could be a really dangerous team. Because A, they've got experience, uh, B, they play really good defense, and I think their coaching staff at Chris Beard is really good at preparing them, um, and I think they'd be really good in the, you know, the short, you know, after mm-hmm. winning a fir- the first round game, the short uh, preparation time for the next game, I think they'd be, you know, in pretty good shape. So, to me, there's only two teams that I think could really you know, make a run and get maybe to a regional final, and that would probably be Texas Tech and West Virginia. 
Yeah, yeah. Texas Tech also has a guard in Keenan Evans who you can kind of trust exactly. to control the yep. action, you know, on the floor. Right, and he and he's a he's a combination guy who's a go-to scorer and you know and run the offense. And uh, their freshman Xavier Smith and Jared Culver um, have, you know, they've played like veterans. And you know, the, the only thing that would kind of scare me in the tournament is that they suddenly realize the bright lights are really bright and, and maybe not play as well, but they've fit in really well with Evans. And yeah, he, he's one of those guys. He's, he's a lot like Devonte Graham or like Frank Mason was last year, a guy who, you know, when you need a basket um, and particularly with the rules, the way they call them these days, when there's almost just any little kind of contact on a dribbler, you know, he can be a guy that can, you know, get to the line 15, 16 times in a game and get you a lot of cheap free points, and that's a really valuable thing to have uh, in, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Wendell, uh, appreciate it, man. So it sounds like you got a lot of uh, content coming up this week, huh? Yeah, uh, got the uh, Big 12 Notebook will be on the field house later this week. The uh, uh, If you go to the com, my Big 12 Notebook for them will be uh, coming up. I've also got a... Story on a kid down at Lamar uh, is kind of an interesting story um, that uh, is going to be. It's kind of a Valentine's Day type story, and so it's going to go up on Valentine's Day, which I believe is tomorrow, which means I need to go get a card and some flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome, man. Well, Wendell, hey, thanks so much. Always appreciate it, man. No really problem, appreciate you coming on, man. Anytime you need to uh, kill 20 minutes on your on the podcast, I'm your guy. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Thanks a lot to Wendell Barnhouse again. You can find his work at uh, the Fieldhouse or the Open Man, and it sounds like Basketball Times also. So uh, any of those fine publications and uh, websites. And uh, thank you all for joining us too for the Boynton Homers and Podcast. I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.